Welcome to the Holistic Business Podcast, where healers, makers, mystics, and other weirdos who don't quite fit the mold learn how to grow businesses that sustain them and their communities without working all the damn time or feeling like they're selling out. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and as the founder of the Holistic Business Academy, I've helped thousands of small business owners just like you to grow supportive, holistic businesses. Now, it's your turn. Welcome back to the Holistic Business Podcast. I am so excited to be joined today by Ward Sandler. Ward is the CEO of MemberSpace, a software as a service company. Um, okay, you first, it's SaaS, right? Like as in like yes. sassy. Okay. Yes, it's one of those sassy, things I've, yeah. oh, I've only ever read and have never heard pronounced. And I'm like, I'm going to totally be saying it wrong. As a SaaS <laughs> company um, that enables creators to turn any part of their website into members only with just a few clicks. This is one of the reasons I actually love this software. It is the easiest to implement membership software on the internet. And their mission is to help entrepreneurs build a sustainable membership business without any coding uh, anywhere on the internet. So Ward, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Sarah, for having me. Super excited. All right. So I kind of gave the the beautiful boilerplate who you are, but uh, Ward, who are you? Uh, what do you do in this world? What are you passionate about? What what lights you up? Yeah, yeah. Deep question. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I consider myself you know an entrepreneur right that's the big general word of what we do but i also kind of take that seriously in terms of i'm someone who tries to kind of create opportunity for myself and then i also try to create opportunities for others and, and that's something that's you know it's owning a software company that empowers other folks to create memberships i kind of t- i take that pretty seriously like that's important that i'm able to help other people become entrepreneurs not just me be a successful entrepreneur so that I could boil it down into a little a little snippet. That, that's kind of what I would say in general about myself. Oh, I love that. That resonates a lot with me personally, but also with our kind of company values, this idea of like really helping other people to thrive. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I started my own membership, but also why we now, after several years, are helping people to build their own um, is because this is this really powerful way for that kind of circle of like opportunity and possibility to keep expanding. It's like, you help people start their membership, have this great platform software, then they get to help their clients and those people's lives are changed. And it's just this like, I like to envision that like massive ripple effect coming out from any of this. So tell us a little bit like member space specifically, um, what are you working on? What do you do? And um, how does your software help people? Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned before, basically we integrate with any of the popular CMSs, right? Squarespace, Webflow, WordPress, et cetera. And we allow you to bolt in membership functionality. So what does that mean? That means you can protect any page or pages on your website and charge money for access to those pages. So whether that's to create a course, whether that's to sell coaching services, digital content, uh, private podcasts, member directories, et cetera, pretty much anything you can imagine that you'd want to sell online, we can help you do that. And yeah, the goal is to make it easy. We try to provide really good support. That's a big thing to us. Like I was mentioning before, like we try to help folks that are not super technical. You don't need to be a coder. You don't need to be super technical. We will walk you through it. We have VIP support along the way that's included in every plan. And that's kind of the thinking here is we want to help you be successful. I think that when it comes to memberships and subscription services, and even just selling online, even though that marketplace has really expanded and there's so many options now, it still feels really hard to get started, especially if you're somebody who has 
Uh, like for example, I don't know, maybe you're like me and you've had like the same acuity plan for like five or six years and people just like book through your little booking software. Or uh, I know we have clients who are booking like clients one-on-one via DM or email or text message. Um, and you're starting to like, look at this, like, okay, but I'd actually like to sell things online and I'd like to do it without individually emailing every person, like access codes and stuff. It gets really overwhelming. And a lot of the opportunities, even though there are a lot of softwares, they're really hard to use without getting too technical. What is it that you guys do that is so much easier? Because it is, I'm like always been shocked by how member space just like sits on top of a platform seamlessly with like very little uh, yeah, effort essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of what we were trying to do from day one. Like, Hey, how do we make this thing? That's incredibly complicated. Like the software itself, like behind the scenes is super complicated to build and maintain. Um, but the idea is for the, the end user, right. The person who's actually using it to make it really easy and simple. And I think people could probably relate to this with whatever they're working on. Right. If you're doing, um, you know, some kind of healing or healing service for somebody, all the knowledge you have is complicated, right? If you were to write, write it down on a piece of paper, it'd be a really, really long thing, right? All the, everything you know about your subject area is, is a lot, but to distill that to your, to your, you know, you can call them clients or customers. That is, that's the art and science of, of this, of, you know, how do I make something complicated, seem simple and approachable for people that they can actually use it. And that's just been something we've done from day one. Cause I know this stuff overwhelms people. I know, software is frustrating for a lot of folks and like my parents for example i always use them as like like my marker i, I i'll show them screens before i design them sometimes i've shown oh, them software that. many times yeah because it's like if your mom or dad uh can get through uh you know a certain user experience of your of your software your website or whatever and it makes sense to them it's going to make sense to everybody and that's kind of i always try to keep that in mind whenever i'm designing anything so kind of a random aside, but that's how I think about it. So when people are kind of, I mean, we work with a lot of folks who are at this, like I think of, I'm, well, I'm, I'm always obsessed with transition points, which is a random aside. We work with a lot of people at this transition point of basically realizing that their business model, even if they are making money and they're helping people working one-on-one or doing kind of like one-off, we see a lot of people who are like, they're essentially doing like a workshop every month and having to promote a new workshop, like as like a, like a standalone thing every month. And it's exhausting that it's not sustainable. And I think you see people at that same kind of focal point because they're stumbling upon you because they're ready to do something different. What do you think that transition looks like when somebody's like, and how can people navigate it when they're like, okay, I need a sustainable business model. Bea, my dog would also like a sustainable business model for <laughs> getting more food. She has one. It's called begging. It works very well. Um, that, that, yeah, that, that transition point, you know, what do you see when people show up to member space where they are and they're like, I'm ready to kind of figure out what is a membership. Um, how, how do you guys help people move through that? And what are some of the, you know, the, the steps that you think are really helpful for folks to be aware of as they're making those transitions. Yeah. And since there's a lot of folks out there um, selling different services, uh, let's just call them all creators to, to have a, a general sure. term we can yeah. use here. So when creators come to member space, oftentimes they're at a point of stress, to be honest, where they're like, you know what, I have successfully created some kind of coaching or one-on-one type business and I maxed out. Like I can't give any more time, at least sustainably, uh, for the future. But I want my business to grow, or 
I don't want to be doing so many one-on-ones. I want that to maybe be something I do rarely or just for like my higher end customers or, or something, or maybe not at all. Maybe you're just over it, right? Um, which is totally reasonable. <laughs> okay, so what do I do instead? Right. So a membership is where the natural next step would be. And a membership is kind of one of those weird words that I don't know if everyone can wrap their head around what it means. I think people have different automatic definitions. Uh, some people assume it means uh, you're paying a recurring revenue for access to one thing, um, but it's not necessarily that, right? That, that's definitely a, a common use case is, hey, pay me 50 bucks a month and you get access to, let's say, a course I've created about the content that, uh, that I may be trying to uh, teach, right? Instead of one-on-one, instead of one-on-one, I kind of distill that into a course that I can sell to people and they get access to it and updates to it and maybe email support from me for a recurring fee. That's, that's one idea. Uh, another idea is to sell uh, an ebook, right? Take all that knowledge that that you that you're trying to give to people and sell it as a one-off, maybe higher-end payment for folks, so they can just buy it. And then maybe you have some kind of additional offer where it's like, "Hey, do you actually want to talk with me as a coach one-on-one?" That's the premium thing you can buy. The book is maybe relatively low cost. The premium thing is to talk to me as a coach one-on-one. So it's a way to kind of shift your model of. The low, the, what, what you're doing is the coaching, that's, that's the bread and butter. But instead, you make it so that maybe the book or the digital asset is the bread and butter. That's the, the main content people are, are getting from you. And that way, you don't actually, once you create it, you don't need to be constantly doing it, right? You don't, people can buy it while you're asleep. That, that's kind of the key mm-hmm. thing, I think, to a membership is that it's digital um, and it's something people can buy without having to talk to you. Um, and for some people, that might be scary, right? Because it's like you've never, maybe you've never sold anything like that. Maybe everything. The introvert is soul been. is just like, yes, buy it without talking to me. <laughs> right, right, and you know that's that's the dream, right? Everyone always imagines that'd be amazing if you just sell a million dollars or something, and not one person emails you. But I mean, even <laughs> even selling software, you're going to get emails, right? You're going to get support questions. You're going to be confused about something on your website. There's always something, right? You can't get away from people. That's uh. That's that that's something I definitely know for sure. And that's okay, right? Um, obviously, if you're in the creator space, you're you care about people to some extent in some way. That's why you're helping them. So uh, the key though, I think, is yeah, trying to think through what is it that I'm providing and how can I how can I make a version of that that's gonna be approachable for for people in my audience without needing my input. So some kind of digital asset, whether that's a course, an ebook. Um, maybe it's a video series. There's a lot of different ways you can think about this. Maybe it's a, maybe it's an audio series. Um, there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, but just trying to think, reimagine your business that way. And then if you still want to be doing the coaching or the one-on-one type stuff, I'd recommend making that more of a premium type offering that, that you can upsell to folks that do, do the, do the digital offering first. I love what you're getting at because so often I think when folks start businesses, unless you already know you're going to make a software, for example, or you have like a specific tangible, semi-tangible product that you're going with people we work right with, right? They are creators, they are healers, they are makers, they are um, coaches, they are guides, they are ultimately doing a lot of like facilitation work and education work, as you're saying. Um, It's a huge shift to get out of this idea that you should be charging for your time that like it's units of time that you are getting paid for how many sessions you do in a day is, is what dictates your, your revenue. And I love what you're talking about. Cause the idea of breaking this apart and being like, there's probably some core pieces that 
people can learn essentially on their own or through some kind of facilitated experience that isn't one-to-one or isn't even small group. But then your time, which is the most limiting factor of all, right? We only, that, that we don't have more of, um, not a renewable resource. Um, but that is the piece where there's a higher level of access or I know something I love about this model that you're talking about is like the people you're working with already have a baseline of knowledge. So you can go Mm -hmm. deeper with them and help them even more because you don't, they don't have to pay you to learn the basics of whatever you're talking about. They already know it. And now they can like really dive deep into the, into the core stuff. Um, what do you guys see as those kind of stumbling blocks as people are starting to put this together? Because I imagine you see people kind of at an interesting place where they've decided they want this but they probably haven't done it yet because they're picking their software. Um, There's a big gap between the idea, oh, I'm going to have a membership and the, I am making money from a membership. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are some of the pitfalls that emerge? Um, I imagine both from the software side, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to assume too much, but I bet you guys see some interesting things in your support that are also a little bit more like uh, a little bit more emotional, a little bit like less about software. Um, What, what do you guys see on the back end there? Yeah, no, good question. Um, I guess the, the simplest way I could explain it is I, I think sometimes people have a bit of a perfectionist mindset when it comes Ooh. to launching a, a membership where it's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do it yet. It's not perfect. And that is, I'd argue, the wrong way to think about it. I think it's the natural way for a lot of us is like, yeah, of course. You know, if you obviously you care about the work you're putting out there into the world, you want it to be really high quality, right? That's anyone who cares about what they do would feel that way, and that's and that's true, and that's okay. Um, but there's also uh, something you need to keep in mind, which is whatever you put out there digitally, at least I'd say for any work, but especially for digital, it's going to change. This is not something that you make once, and this is the forever uh, version of your content. And it will it will live for the rest of eternity this way. That is never what happens, <laughs> um, especially especially if it's your first uh, you know foray into into memberships um, where you haven't done this yet. You don't know how people are going to react to it yet. You don't know what's going to be confusing. You don't know what's going to be what's going to resonate. There's so many things you don't know and can't know until you launch. Um, so I think the goal should be kind of shifted to thinking about what. What can I get out there? What can I launch to start getting feedback from my customers as soon as possible, which is different than what's the best possible thing I could launch because the key is to get that feedback, get that feedback loop going of, okay, here's what I think makes sense. Let's get it out there. And most, hopefully, you know, most, most people have some kind of audience already if they're doing the one-on-one stuff or maybe they have an email newsletter, hopefully, or social media following, whatever, but you want to get something out there. So start, start, think of it like in phases, right? Phase one, phase two, phase three, you don't need to jump to the, the very end phase five. Everything's perfect. I have this really dynamic, crazy library of content that'll come eventually, right? Let's back it up and let's go to, what can I do at phase one? to get something out there that can provide value for sure, right? We're not talking about something crappy. We're talking good, good, but scope, I think, needs to be narrow. Something very specific that can help maybe part of, maybe some people in your audience, maybe this isn't going to appeal to every single person, but maybe the majority, like what's their number one problem they're having right now that you help with them, help them one-on-one currently? Maybe how do you make that into a digital digital content? And get get it out there and start getting feedback. Because again, I guarantee you it's going to change. You know, so that that's the that's the thing is if you spend all this time and energy trying to get something perfect, you launch it, and then 
either, you know, worst case scenario, you get no feedback, right? Nobody buys it and nobody tells you anything and it's just crickets. Then it's like, oh crap, what? now I don't even know what to do. That's the worst case. But let's say you launch it and you get feedback and folks are like, yeah, that doesn't, I'm, how do I even get to it? Or what, what am I supposed to do with this? Or this doesn't really make sense. You, you start getting all this different feedback and then that's going to be really demoralizing, right? It's going to be like, oh man, I spent all this time and effort on this thing and it didn't really work how I hoped. And then you're going to be demotivated. You're not going to want to follow up. And you know, that's, it's just not a good place to put yourself in, especially I'm guaranteeing you're going to get feedback that about things you're going to need to change especially with your first membership. So again, try to keep the scope as small as possible, as specific and focused as possible, and just get something out there to start iterating, start doing a feedback loop on, and then you can expand from there into other phases of your digital membership. This is, I think, some of my favorite advice. It is so actionable and so tangible. It reminds me of some of my, my favorite pieces of feedback we got early in our membership Somebody left and we had an exit feedback form, highly recommended. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, well, it was fine, but it seemed like a lot of money to be spending for, for a Facebook group. And I was like, we had a free, fa- we, not free we, we had like the community on Facebook at that point. It's, it's elsewhere now. Um, and I was like, but it's not a Facebook group. I was like, there's like 70 course lessons and like there's coaching calls and there's like all these things happening. But it didn't matter because this person couldn't figure out that the, that that was available. Their experience was that they were spending this highlight, like this monthly rate, to access a Facebook group, um, and a, that feedback was so critical because in my mind it all made perfect sense because I designed the whole thing. I designed the website. I designed the workflows. I designed the onboarding sequence. That person couldn't find anything except the Facebook group. So that idea that you're going to have it perfect right out of the gate, there's stuff you've literally never thought of, or even like it's never crossed your mind that are going to be problems for your customers trying to access things. And I love this kind of thought because I'd be curious to know what you've learned from making software. Because I feel like this kind of iterative release thing is much more common in software than it is in creative work. People tend to think of like making like the finished masterpiece, like the book, right? The movie, the thing that is released. But with software, that's just not the case, right? You guys are always yeah. doing I mean, other especially, stuff. Yeah, especially to go back to that, that SaaS term, software as a service. So <laughs> basically anything you, you pay for online, that's like a recurring charge that's, that you access through your web browser, that, that, that's software as a service. But um, not to geek out too much, but uh, yeah. Geek with away, software, it's welcome. <laughs> With software, it's very it's that kind of software is very iterative, right? We're we're literally pushing changes every day to the software wow. live. So that's how much we're changing. That's and not wild. not all these are yeah, they're not all major changes. Uh, a lot live is just behind the scenes stuff or plumbing work that you would never you as a normal user would never notice. But um, yeah, it's constantly changing. And as the person who is in charge of most of the design user experience of member space. Uh, especially in the past, a little less now, now that we have a full-time head of design, but. Ooh, um, exciting. Yeah, very exciting. But um, I can tell you uh, what you think makes sense and is intuitive often is not. Um, <laughs> you, especially, you know, as someone who's made software for people who are trying to create their own memberships, I will hear, I've heard so much feedback about a screen that doesn't make sense, a button that doesn't make sense, a form that's confusing. How do I do X, Y, or Z? And I'm like, it says it right there in the bold headline how to do X, Y, or Z, and they don't see it. 
And you have part of it is kind of taking an ego check and being like, just because you think it makes sense doesn't mean it does make sense. They're two different things. Um, and you know, over time, you get better at this as you kind of again deal with and get feedback from real people in your audience. That is the, the I keep saying it. You need to get feedback from real people in your audience and not have this imaginary scenario in your head where you're building everything and it's going to be so great and perfect, but you haven't. No one's actually validated that. There's no proof that it's that's good and perfect. That proof only happens when people give you money for the thing that you're trying to sell them, and then they say it's good, which is hard to do. It's not you know it's not easy, but you need to really strive to get to that feedback loop process as soon as possible. Um, and that's something, yeah, as building software, I'm, we're constantly every day getting feedback from people about something in member space that could be maybe more intuitive, a feature that's missing, a feature that's confusing. This is the nature of all software. There's always things that are wrong, things that could be better. Um, and it's a constant uh, process. You have to kind of embrace it instead of like trying to fight it and try to get to the, oh, no, it just needs to be perfect. Then, I won't, then this won't happen anymore. There is nothing, nothing exists like that. <laughs> it will forever be a process. It will forever be an evolution. And you have to kind of embrace that and be okay with it. But you need to, you need to get on to that track as soon as possible. Yeah. And that being able to really apply that to memberships, like you're saying, it is a huge mindset shift from other kinds of service providing. Or if you have been like primarily, you know, like writing a blog or something like there are some like feedback loops, I think thinking of a membership as a product in this way, and as an iterative product, it does exactly what you're saying, Ward, it lets you get, get started faster. And then just to accept the fact that you're always going to be improving it, right? That like, it's kind of this ongoing journey. That's also why people stay people stay because you are improving it and you are um, making that effort to create a better experience for them and help them get their result um, in a way that makes sense to them. Um, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your thoughts from that because we're actually at this really kind of, this really interesting time um, <laughs> where the, our, our world economy has gotten a little bit funky and um, not officially in a recession yet and probably won't be for another six months or so it's looking like right now, um, who knows? But that there is a real kind of economic uncertainty, um, consumer consumer confidence, which is my favorite least favorite term, um, is <laughs> is is down. And I know for a lot of small business owners, people are like, "Is my business model going to survive? Like, can I make it through this downturn, especially just so soon after um, the kind of pandemic shutdown and those um, economic ramifications?" When we're looking at this kind of iterative process and memberships, what do you think, like, how does the membership model fit in to, um, yeah, to an economically challenging time? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's a fact if, if there's, if everyone's feeling constrained in the pocketbook, right, either inflation or an economic downturn in general, business is going to be a little harder, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I think, there's some universals that are always true, regardless of what the, what's going on in the economy, right? Um, there's always people out there that are trying to learn and better themselves um, or, you know, heal themselves in some way. I think that is happening always. So that means there's always going to be a market for that type of content and that type of, that type of work. So uh, what you can do to try to resonate with your audience is, is like we talked about building some kind of a membership. And I think it actually makes your business more resilient than the one-on-one -on -one coaching because generally it's going to be less costly. So that makes people feel a little more comfortable to say yes to it. Instead of, I don't, I have no idea what people would charge for their, 
coaching, you know, if it's like a hundred dollars for a session or something like that versus, oh, okay, I just need to sign up for this $30 a month thing. It's an easier way. It's an e- it's less money up front at least. And it, it, it's easier for people to say yes to it. Um, and if you're actually providing that value, even if people are feeling constrained, there's from a you know economic standpoint, they're still going to want to stick with it because if, if, if what you're providing is actually helping, you know, pe- especially your community, right? If, you're, if it's people who are, you know, healing in some way, um, that is going to be, you know, who, <laughs> who would say I'm feeling better and better every week? I think I'm going to stop. <laughs> that's not that's not going to happen. So um, I think it makes it's one of those resilient business models because it's recurring revenue. It's generally ret- relatively low cost per month. Um, and so it's more likely that you'll be able to retain people versus trying to get people to, to pay you one-off or a high one-off cost for a coaching call each time. Um, so it's definitely more resilient in that way. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I know I'm already starting to see with folks that we work with just a little bit of like concern, which is, it's not a bad thing to be conscious of what's happening. I think it's really important to, that's how you're going to be able to make these, um, make these shifts that will build that extra resilience. But when it comes down to it, I would rather have recurring revenue than be like one-off selling something in a challenging time. And each time you're making a brand new sale, um, it's that much harder to overcome the hump versus something that is recurring. Um, I think even at higher end price points or like higher end, like maybe higher end coaching memberships, we have some folks that do that where it's like not, it's still less expensive than one-on-one, but it's still, it's like people have made like this commitment monthly at a comparatively lower rate. And your job is to just to give them what they need. And that will help with like retention is easier than a new sale, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I, I think that you're really right on with that. At least that's, that's what I think as well heading into this. But it, it also reminds me of this iterative thing, which is like that feedback loop is so fast when you have a subscription product that in a challenging time, you are like uniquely positioned to be responsive to people's needs in a way that I think is going to be like extreme. It's actually like, I get kind of excited about it, like to be able to really like make a shift quickly to add a new piece of content to, to, to try something new within your membership um, that's going to help people like in this moment, I think it's gonna be very exciting. Yeah. hundred percent. If people want to learn more about member space, uh, and I mean, <laughs> you can see frankly, just how fucking easy it is <laughs> to get started, um, with something that you actually, this is actually one of my favorite things I just want, like that you actually own, like, cause it's on your own website. Like there's so many softwares that essentially are like, we will eat your, your data and your content and your customers. Um, but since it sits on top of your own website, you guys get to like keep that ownership, which those of you who listen to my show know is like very important to me. Um, where can people learn more about member space and start to see if this might be the right fit for them? I'm like thinking it's like summer, a summer of recurring revenue over here. So (laughs) you're ready to dive in, uh, Ward, what do they need to know? Yeah. Um, real simple, just memberspace.com the way it sounds, memberspace.com. And, uh, we had a special coupon code uh, for listeners of the podcast. Yep. So uh, it's just the word holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Uh, if you use the coupon code holistic, you get two months free of member space, 100% off. So yeah. Cool. Ward, thank you. And I love that because here's the deal. You should 110% be able to launch a beta version of your membership and get mm-hmm. revenue. I'm going to say in one month. 
But mm-hmm. now you have two indefinitely in two months to get the software set up, which is super easy. And then get that beta out there and get that feedback like Ward was talking about. You have no excuses because you have two yep. months free to start generating that revenue. Yep, 100%. And you know, Thanks, Ward. As, as I mentioned, we take support real seriously at MemberSpace. So if you need any help along the way, we have live chat. We have email, we get back to you in less than an hour or live chat, real time. We also have office hours twice a week where I'm literally just sitting there for an hour and you can just come on a Zoom and ask me anything you want. So, oh my God, I'm going to just come and start bugging you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so yeah, we're we're here for you and we can help migrate you from another membership platform for free if, if you're, uh, if you're so inclined. So yeah, we're here for you. We'll help you every step of the way. Give it a shot. There's not much to lose here. Awesome. Ward, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your kind of behind the scenes of what it takes for folks to start a membership and those really common pitfalls um, that people run into. I know that I, I have a strong suspicion that a lot of our our customers and a lot of people listening are like looking at this business model, especially with the economic shifts that are happening. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that you came and you shared your, your wisdom and your experience with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Happy to be here. And everyone, again, um, our code for two months free, amazing, is holistic over at memberspace.com. And you can check out Ward and we'll have all of Ward's links so you can uh, go make friends and bug him about the future of subscription and recurring revenue um, over in the show notes. And we will see you all next time. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Holistic Business Podcast. Learn more about growing your holistic business by visiting us at holisticbusinessacademy.com. We'll see you next time.